Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin, and jo- Marvin, I didn't even say my, right, my last name correctly, <laughs> is one of those days, but in studio with me today is Dennis Maka. Hello, Mr. Dennis. Good morning, Pam Marvin. <laughs> and Father Brian Eilers. Welcome, Father. Howdy. It's good to have y'all. And we have, I believe on the phone, somebody else, you know, I'm not really sure about him. Is he on the phone? I, oh. I've heard from our bishop, and he's the great one. Oh. Yeah. The great one, huh? Drum roll, please, Mr. Thaddeus Roman Sky. <laughs> since we're saying names wrong. That's right. Good morning, everybody. I think Pam is uh, just a little bit nervous to have Father Brian in the studio. I think that's what's going on. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Or maybe too much caffeine. Is she fangirling right now? Oh bit, no, he actually bit. he actually brings a lot of peace to my soul just being around him. His countenance really gives that off. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to have him on today too is just to get everybody else to kind of get to know his priestly heart and for me too. And um Looking forward to that. It's going to be coming up after the break. But before that, let's talk about what's going on around the Brazos Valley and beyond. Well, I tell you, last night was a great event with Jason Everett over at the uh, Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel in Bryan. I told all you people in Waco, if you didn't come, you're going to regret it. Man, it was a great, great night. And and those of you locally that didn't come, you know, I can't say shame on you. But next time, you know, you need to come to something like this yeah. because it uh, it was wonderful. We brought four of our kids, my wife and I did, and um, just brought a lot of joy. It, it, it brought a lot of joy for my wife and I to see our 16-year-old writing several pages of notes and just Amen. thrilled with the message that uh, that that guy, Jason, has some sort of charism that speaks sure. to kids. And um, he spoke it very quickly. Really? I, I, I <laughs> He would switch from one topic to the other. And I was just like, my head was spinning, but I, I kept up with every bit of it. But wow, it's like a different language. And, and my daughter was like, yeah, I understood everything he had to say. It was it's like he knew how to talk to me. I'm like, yeah, wow. he certainly did. So, Yeah, you're uh, saying it already um, is bearing some fruit with the joy that you're seeing yeah. in your daughter. So that's really beautiful. Yeah, so thanks thank be to you. God. Thank you, Father Brian, for that. In for, in, man, I'm really... For that it's, invitation. It's caffeine, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah, to have that in there, I mean, to have invite him. How did that come about? Uh, well, our uh, DRE, Kevin Kapczynski, he uh, knew about it, and he had brought him um, over in Dripping Springs where he was before. And so he uh, said, hey, this, there's a possibility of bringing Jason in for an event and around Valentine's Day, which is a great time for a chastity event. No kidding. And and he does have a great reputation as a great speaker. And so uh, it's like, sure, let's do that. So it'd be good for the community. And then the school uh, jumped in on the bandwagon and uh, there had their uh, event this morning. So, yeah, he spoke a mile a minute. He went, bounced from one a story to a point to story a point and just a really hard hitting and clear. But also it was um, like an invitation to go deeper and mm. to, to see what's maybe beneath the surface with his stories and with his points. So I I really did enjoy it, too. I was just, you know, just every people were laughing yeah. and then crying and laughing and crying. And it's very I, good. I found it. 
about 45 minutes into his presentation, feeling like, like he was only speaking for five minutes and wanting him to speak for hours more. Mm, and even my daughter said the same thing. So that is a charism. And I, I told my daughter, I said, what's that from? You know, uh, I don't know, from God? <laughs> <laughs> yes, through the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So it was, it was a nice, nice tangible thing for my daughter to see that, yeah, the Holy Spirit does indeed speak through people. Mm. I love the fact that it, you know, sometimes when the church speaks about sexual morality and that that whole topic, it can be a little bit off-putting and like um, maybe this is a little bit too personal, but his way of saying things uh, was just so joyful. And that was the invitation at the end is this is what pure joy looks like, uh, a, a life of chastity and holiness. So if you want this life of pure joy, then here's the invitation. Here's the path to that. And that's what Jesus says. I'm the way, right? So it's a it was a beautiful message and just very well done and a great invitation. And I think anybody that was there had to say, I, I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what the world has to offer, and I don't want that. I want what he's talking about. Is so. it recorded anywhere, like if people just couldn't make the event? I think he has videos online, online? that are okay. probably very similar. Okay. And so you could look up the chastity.com, I believe it's .com, uh, website and see a lot of their videos and their media. So Thaddeus, you were there with Robin. Tell us how do you, what you, where your thoughts were without having any kids there. Uh, all your kids are either preteen or right there at the, the very edge, or at least, uh, you know, your oldest is, is right there. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I'm not the, really the best person to talk to. Um, okay, Robin well, never was mind there then. for the entire talk. <laughs> I did come for adoration. I had. Uh, I had to take my middle child to baseball tryouts. Got it. Got it. Last night. Well, I, I know that it was very valuable to the parents that were there without their kids. And he actually had the, the old fogies like myself sit toward the, the middle and the back and had all the teens move up to the front so he could speak directly to but, them, which uh, Robin, I thought was great. Robin did say that one of the best things she heard Jason say was that, I'm paraphrasing, that true love will will never take you away from the most important things in life, and that is your family your friends, and above all, your relationship with God and his church. That If you think that you have true love, then, those, then that true love should be drawing you closer to those, to those right. things that are the most important to you in life. And I thought that was beautiful. That's a very good, good message to kind of put in the, the, quiver, the quiver. Yeah, it was really, really nice. So thank you, Father Brian. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for all the other uh, people in town that made that possible. Uh, the team, the full team that was there. It was a beautiful event, and I'm sure that they had a great event today at St. Joseph's uh, Catholic Church here, Catholic School here in Bryan. So, it's contagious. Yeah. yeah. And so Jason actually emailed me back last night right away and just said he'd love to you know, talk about, he'd love to come to, to Texas A&M and talk. He would love to to share that for interviews on the radio. So you might be hearing from him in future roundup episodes Ooh, as that. well. So yeah, it's very personal, very personable and very down to earth. So uh, it was a wonderful evening. Uh, great things are going on uh, here at St. Mary's as well as up in uh, Waco with the Catholic student centers, uh, Baylor and Texas A&M, Palestine, you know, y'all have got some great events coming up as well. So y'all can always call us on our phone numbers. Pam, what are those? Eight five love red C eight five five six eight three seven three three two. So, any uh, topics you want to cover today in the beginning, Thaddeus or Pam? 
Well, I just wanted to mention that we have exactly one spot remaining in our Vatican II document study that opens uh, this wow. Friday. The Friday session at St. Mary's Catholic Center at 1245 uh, has one spot remaining. And the Tuesday session, the one that starts next Tuesday on the 22nd in the evening at St. Anthony's, is full. Mm. Um, if you really, really are, are just so desirous of, of coming in, uh, maybe go ahead and register and, and maybe email me, or uh, which is Thaddeus at RedSeaRadio.org, and uh, we can still try to squeeze you in. The, the big concern is that the, re- the book that we're using um, is currently out of stock at Word on Fire. It's not supposed to be back in stock until mid-March, and we bought the last 30 copies that we could find uh, in the world. I don't know. That may be a, an exaggeration, but boy, we searched high and low and and did come up with 30 copies. So that's why we had to you know, drastically limit the amount of participation. But we're really excited that um, we're basically full. And I think that gives me confidence that we'll run another session um, starting in uh, maybe the late April, May timeline. As well as in Central Texas. We, uh, we've got someone there that is very excited to lead the study. So, yep. you know, look for that to come soon after Easter. So it's exciting so to continue to look for news about this as we yeah. we uh, focus on the Second Vatican Council this year and in, in the 60th anniversary of the opening of the council. Yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing you there. If you If you can make it, go to, how do they get there, Thaddeus? It's redcradio.org slash VC260, Vatican Council 2, 60 years. And there's inf- more information there. And the participants will be getting an email uh, today uh, with the schedule, the study guide, and encouragement to, uh, to attend on the first meeting. And the first meeting, like Friday's first meeting, is just to get to know you and we'll hand out the books and things like that. So and we'll, we'll be off to the races. What's the I guess also, to... Dennis, we should talk about the men's conference on Saturday, yes? We, we can, but before we shift gears to that, what's the length of the study, Thaddeus? It's not an ongoing year-round study. It's a... No, no, it's t- uh, it's eight. It, after, the, after the first introductory session, it's eight meetings spread over 10 weeks. There's two off weeks, one for spring break and one for Holy Week. Okay. And they'll be getting the they'll be getting the schedule in the email. Okay, thank you. Men's conference yeah. coming up this Saturday. Men, get out there to San Jose Catholic Church in Austin. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live from there at eleven o'clock, but it's not going to be broadcasting the conference. We're just interviewing the people speaking. So those of you that can't make it know what you're missing, and maybe mm-hmm. can be inspired to come in future events. But uh, we'll be out there to promote everything that's uh, Red Sea Apostolate as well. Yeah, and um, Father Brian's got something going on in his coming up at his parish is Alpha. We'll be talking about it more after break. But Father, you want to kind of plug it, you know, give a little tease on what that is? Well, it, it's actually uh, already launched, and we're into session five. Oh, wow. gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, Come on, Pam. I tell you, I'm a slacker. <laughs> but, but uh, so we'll be, you'll be hearing about Alpha some more. Uh, Alpha is basically an introductory course to Christianity. So we know that one thing that we need to do as Catholics is introduce people to the gospel because uh, we live in a sort of post-Christian world where people know about Jesus, and they see crucifixes and crosses and churches all over the place, but they've never actually heard about who Jesus is, who God the Father 
Father is, who the Holy Spirit is, and in that presentation been invited to say, you know what, I want to live for the Lord instead of just live for the world or for myself or whatever else it is. So that's what Alpha intends to do, uh, ends with, um, well, has a retreat, inviting the Holy Spirit in is mm. part of it. And it's basically that just for initial step of Christianity. So really, it's going very well. We have about 60 people registered. Wow. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what God has to do with that. Are you the prime spe- primary speaker um, giving the class? or We actually watch videos mm-hmm. that are oh, okay. very, very well done and provoke a wonderful conversation. And who's put those out? Like what institute? It's Alpha International, which is it's oh, Church of England. Really? Uh, p- produced them. Uh, this is this new series. They started about uh, 35, 40 years ago, but this new series is uh, recent production. So it's high quality video. And if I know, and this is for after the break, really too. But if I know you, you've got some other other programs in your quiver that may be coming up over the next year as well. Alpha is a great, really good program. St. Anthony's went through that here in Bryan a couple of years back. Provided some great discussions about the basics of the faith and got some people that have no clue about what Catholicism is and what the Christian faith is about to have some great challenging discussions with people who thought they knew (laughs) more, more than they, than they, you know, than they actually knew. Well, one of the things I always say when someone uh, wants to learn a little bit more, but not quite ready to go into a, a, a study is like, listen to Catholic radio. (laughs) I have heard so many great testimonies about people really learning their faith through relevant radio and other Catholic radio as well. And Mm -hmm. we're so thankful for Catholic radio. Um, So invite your friends to listen through the app is a really great way, either through the relevant radio one, but we prefer the K, the KEDC one. Yeah, if you go to red-c radio, KEDC, or you put red-c radio, K-Y-A-R at your app store, you can uh, tune in to everything low, Local right. and news that's going on have links to the churches in our in our listening areas. Uh, submit prayer requests. Do all sorts of things through our apps. So. Right, and you can also get a really great uh, variance of uh, podcasts there that you can listen to on your own time as yes, well. We have got to plug uh, that a little bit. Sure, we have uh, shoulder to shoulder is yeah. one of our podcast only shows, and it's getting very popular worldwide. As a matter of fact, that's, so, that just blows us away. Yeah, thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. <laughs> exactly. That is sure. any last words before you kick you off the phone? No, no, sir. Just uh, have a good have a good time, Father Brian. We're appreciative of you being on the show. Yeah, my love to Robin. Please Thank give you. her that love. Uh, miss seeing Thanks, her. Ma'am. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this very first segment, but stay tuned because after the break, Father Brian and Eilers and I will be talking so much more about his priestly heart and just those things that really uh, he sees he wants to go in the future with his parish. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the second half of Red Sea Roundup. Again, I am your host, Pam Marvin, and joining me today is Father Brian Eilers with St. Joseph Catholic Church down here in Bryan. Welcome again, Father. Howdy. Glad to be here. Yeah. So I kind of want to start this interview, if, if say someone doesn't know anything about you, right? Um, talking about your, I don't know, kind of how you got to where you are now. I really want to hear... You know, maybe like um, just the stirrings of your heart when you started first hearing that call to the priesthood, that vocation story, and 
just kind of those internal yeses to the Lord that you've given over the years. You've probably given this talk a few times, I guess. Yes, I could probably talk an hour about all the good things that God has done. Um, (laughs) uh, So uh, I grew up in a Catholic family, the five kids, my twin brother and I are the oldest. uh, So uh, having an identical twin brother and being a priest is a a lot of fun. He's married and he's got a beautiful blonde wife and four kids. The oldest is a a freshman here at A&M. So uh, growing up and, well, I should say uh, early on in the priesthood, we were both in Austin and I was at St. Teresa's. We had a TV mass. So uh, some of his worker, uh, co-workers uh, saw him, saw him, what <laughs> looked like him on, on TV celebrating mass. And they were like, I didn't know that priests could moonlight as a priest on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, I, we're identical. And where does he um, so, live, Father? So he lives in South Austin. Oh, he's in Austin. Okay. Because I didn't know if he was here locally because you, you, you made a cute little joke about, so if you see this married guy walking around, you know, with a, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. His name is Bradley. So, or Brad. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a Catholic family in Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg's, you know, idyllic little town, um, good, beautiful Catholic church. Our family uh, sat in the ro- front row. Um, and my mom is actually a convert from Lutheran faith, and my dad grew up in a Catholic family, one of 10 kids. And uh, so we grew up in this and went to Catholic school there, uh, had a lot of Catholic influence. So, I mean, our family attempted to get to church on time. Usually we're a little bit late, and we'd all slide in the side door and sat in the front. It was my parents' attempt to get us to focus because— you know, there was five of us, and we often found ways to pick on each other and uh, to make a, a, a disturbance in mass. But anyway, the church is very ornate there, so there was plenty of things to count and to look at and <laughs> other things like that uh, at, while at mass. But in that beautiful church and environment, uh, in the Catholic school, going to Stations of the Cross, and just all of the things are part of a Catholic life, uh, there was... I think just uh, an appreciation for the goodness of the the faith, but there wasn't anything that I would say was uh, I wasn't convicted that I'm going to be a priest. When I was in third, fourth grade, it came up a little bit, thought about it, uh, and I I don't remember the context all that much other than that we had this priest, Father Kalina, who was uh, older, retired, and just living there, and he would go through the lunchroom and he would. Um, say hello to everyone and all of the students. He would walk around at the table and he would say hi to everyone by name. And then he'd give you a quarter if it was your birthday. Oh. So uh, when he had retired and went to San Antonio, we gave him a, they give him a big bucket of quarters. Um, but uh, so just a, a beautiful environment there. When I went to high school, I uh, got involved in fellowship of Christian athletes and went through confirmation class and there learned a little bit more about the personal relationship with the Lord and uh, was challenged on that. Like at an FCA retreat one time, uh, the fellowship of Christian athletes has these retreats with uh, athletes and they teach the, the kids how to pray. And so they were talking to us uh, about the Lord Jesus and, you know, did the altar call and was like, do you believe Jesus and do you want to make him uh, Lord of your life? say the sinner's prayer, accept him as Lord of your life. And they had a 
you know, all of us were invited, like, if you believe, come here. If you uh, made that prayer commitment uh, tonight for the first time, go here. And uh, if you're not sure, then we're going to go to this special room. So all the Catholics like, well, I mean, I go to church every Sunday. Of course, I already believe. So I don't know what this is all about. So they they had it. We got a talking to. Um, but <laughs> and because we didn't know the date and the hour and the moment that we were saved. Uh, so I had to learn a little bit more about our faith. But in that, even though there were some things that were off, there was a lot of good of just learning that, okay, I can actually pray and know the love of God for me. And in that was a curiosity about the priesthood. Um, and Grandma Lindig, or sorry, Grandma Eilers, my dad's mom, uh, was had a beautiful faith and very would go to daily mass, took care of the old people. Even when she was 90 years old, she would go to the nursing home and take care of the old people. So <laughs> she was a very pious and wonderful woman. Um, and she prayed the rosary every day, several times a day sometimes. So it was also with that family context of just seeing her beautiful faith and knowing her prayers for us. Um, and that I started to think about the priest a little bit as a junior in high school. And we had this called by name. Uh, there and so people wrote, somebody wrote down my name. I, I'm pretty sure that it was Grandma that wrote down my was name. In the parish or were you at Catholic school? In the in the parish, they had called by name Sunday, and so somebody yeah people could write down the name of someone that they thought might make a good priest or religious. So somebody wrote my, down my name, and I got a letter from the bishop and a call from the vocation director, and got to sit down Seriously? and talk about it. Yes. Do they do that kind of thing anymore? Well, we just did it this weekend. Ah! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so in the diocese last weekend. So um, it was really uh, a, that was, okay, maybe God is calling me. I went to World Youth Day, and then I heard a talk and had this uh, vocation story told by Father Ken Roberts. And without getting into that, just to say that they were invited, those who were thinking about priesthood or religious life, to come forward. And the girls, they went up first, were invited to come up, they prayed over them, and then they were singing the song, Here I Am, Lord, and they invited the guys to come up. And I was just overwhelmed with this conviction that I needed to go up on the altar and that this is what God is asking of me. And so I had tears in my eyes. I was afraid. I was I just like, what do I do? And my twin brother's right next to me. So I look over at him and I said, Bradley, what should I do? And he has no emotion in his face, just flat face. And he was like, I don't know. So I just say he was useless. <laughs> in the moment of need, he was useless. Um, I, that's kidding. He was uh, he's very supportive and helped me work through, like, what does it mean uh, to say yes to God and to the priesthood? So I went up. But it wasn't like there was a big change. It was just, okay, maybe this is what God is asking of me. And then they came back around really in my freshman year here at AM uh, when I was signing up for classes for the second year. I was on a chemical engineering track and looking at organic chem. And mm-hmm. I <laughs> visited the chemistry department and I was like, these people are not like me. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was getting involved here at St. Mary's and really um, just loving the people here and, uh, more of a people person. And I realized like people are kind of quiet around here and I'm not sure that chemical engineering is the calling that God has for me. It's not the purpose for which he has made me. So that was a, a big week of discernment talking to father Dean Wilhelm, my vocation director at the time and praying and then just saying, okay, well, what do I need to do? And I realized, okay, like this is the time, like I need to say yes to that call. 
So this is freshman year, you said? Freshman year okay. in college. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So I changed my major to psychology. My dad said, why don't you tr- at least do something practical like accounting? Because he's an accountant. And that mm-hmm. way, if it didn't work out, you know, but um, change it to psychology and philosophy and went forward. And from that time on, was pretty sure that, okay, this is this is what it is, Lord. So very grateful for that moment in which uh, there was some clarity that I really think is the Holy Spirit that came over and uh, continued to be there, that, yes, this is what uh, God has created me for. Okay, so one of the things that I want to speak to, you kind of speak to to the young men and even the young women that maybe are in that kind of place about the docility to the Spirit. And can you kind of walk through, like, um, a way maybe that you pray to be more docile to the Spirit, to let that in? Because I know some people are going to be like, no, I'm scared, like you said, but there was kind of a moment where you really let that in. And can you kind of talk through that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so I was just context of that, that year I was living in law hall, which has since been torn down. It was falling down. And so they tore it down before it fell down on someone. <laughs> uh, and there was pieces of plaster coming out of the wall. It was a non-air dorm, rough dorm. Um, and living there, it was also the cheapest dorm. So uh, it was a favorite of some guys who like to spend their money on beer and other things rather than on a dorm. Uh, so it was a rough environment morally as well. Right, okay. And I realized that this is not the type of person I want to be. The future that these guys have and the future that I have are two different things. And I found people at St. Mary's that, okay, these guys believe that they have a future, that God is the one who's leading them to that future. And this is the people that I want to hang around with. So, And, and when were you here at St. Mary's? What years were those? 93 to 98. Oh, okay. So, yes. And so within that, then it was a growing conviction that God has something um, beautiful for me in my life and started to come to daily mass uh, in the friendships that I had starting to receive that as a joyful call and an invitation to surrender to what is it that you have for me, Lord? And to trust that that's something that's good. Now, obviously for a young man to say, okay, I'm going to give priesthood a possibility. It means that marriage and those ideas and possibilities that have come up in the past I have to say no to that or right. at least come to grips with I if God is calling me to this then that means that I will I'm forsaking a family and those I, those hopes um for for our family and children and a wife and companionship and all that goes with marriage. Would you say that there's even in that there's a there's a normal type of kind of a little bit of a grief that that is something that you are foregoing, you know, saying okay, I'm coming to that realization that that is not my path and that's sad to let that go. And to let yourself kind of feel that as you move past it, would you say that's accurate? Or did you Absolutely just feel... Absolutely. Okay, yes. okay. Because as you look in your face, I'm thinking, oh, am I speaking French? You know? <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a point that, that that's really normal. Yes. So recognizing that that is something good and attractive and fairly normal, um, or I should say it's the most people will get married, um, that, and that I'm not called to that. And to accept that and mm-hmm. say, well, then how am I supposed to deal with these desires that I have for having children, for companionship, and for the friendship and intensity of that friendship and going through life with one other person in my life? And all of those idea, ideas and ideals that are part of and healthy part of someone who's young and looking at the possibility of marriage. 
and being able to say, okay, well, God, I trust you. I, I can't solve that. I can't remove this desire from my heart. It's a good desire. It's a something that uh, all healthy people, I think, should have, a desire for companionship and friendship that lasts through life and marriage. And that's how God made us. The two shall become one. It is not good for man to be alone from Genesis. So it's to, to be able to say, well, I, that's not a good thing or I'm going to ignore that. No, can't do that. But to be able to say God wants to fulfill that in another way, right. um, that was it took some time to uh, receive that and to surrender that to God. Right. Cause kind of what I'm hearing that the pool and the, just uh, what you were made for was the stronger pool. Like the Holy spirit was saying, okay, I think I'm made for the priesthood. And so then you have to go back and kind of work through um, the kind of grieving, the kind of the normalcy of, of married life. And so is that pretty accurate? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so, uh, Going along in college, then I, I was involved here at St. Mary's with, um, we, had, uh, we had a rosary group, we had on-campus Bible study. Uh, so uh, all of those things were are part of life. The friendships that I had here of other people that were discerning. One of the big moments was uh, as I was getting closer to uh, my to graduation, so my junior year, Thankfully, this group called NET had come through and they did a retreat. And I was getting a little bit nervous about signing up for classes for my senior year and realizing that, okay, after I finish this year, I'm going to be have to be ready to go off to seminary. And I was like, I, I just don't think that I'm going to be ready. <laughs> so, Cold uh, feet. <laughs> that's right. And so NET came around and they're like, hey, if you want to sign up to uh, talk about what it's like to be a, a net missionary, then come and talk to us. And I went and talked to them and signed up, uh, did an interview weekend, interviewed for the Pines Catholic Camp the same weekend. Mm-hmm. And so did all that and uh, decided that I was going to take a year off and do net. And that was uh, that year of net was an amazing year because uh, I learned a little bit about the charismatic renewal. Uh, I learned to pray more consistently Um uh, just a lot of human maturity things sure. that I think young people, even if you're involved in, say, campus ministry here at St. Mary's, without that leadership of a, of mentors who have been through the trials of life and who are really pray, prayerfully caring for uh, us who are the team members and our own maturity in the Christian life, that was a very that was a blessed year. So I came back from that year with a greater conviction that, yes, I know that this is absolutely what you're calling me to do. And then I was co-leading a Bible study on campus. We started the on-campus Bible study that year, and we had a little discernment of who would be leaders. And would you know that the the co-leader that was discerned with me was this cute girl, and I won't say her name to, <laughs> to give it away, but uh, and we just bonded. We had the greatest time. She was an amazing teacher. We uh, really thrived in our friendship and leading that Bible study, and it got to the point where uh, at the end of that first semester, our as our friendship was growing, it was like, okay, well, what what is this? <laughs> God had to take you there. He had to, right? So the God or the girl moment, right? <laughs> and so we actually had a really honest conversation. She said, you know, I want to date with the possibility of marriage, or I don't want to talk to you anymore because I don't want to take you away from your vocation. And uh, that was a rough conversation. Uh, that was is really difficult because... I found myself in a very healthy relationship, naturally attracted to this beautiful woman and faith is at the center of it. And then like, God, this is not 
this is not what you have for me. Um, and you have something better mm-hmm. and I, I have to let go of this. And, uh, so anyway, so it was, a that, that, <laughs> that was a, a rough semester back from that, but we worked through it. She continued to lead the Bible study with me. She was a much better teacher than I, I was. And, um, anyway, we're, we still keep up with each other a little bit. So anyway, sounds like a, a lot of growth and virtue during that year though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And surrender and. Yeah, so it was a great year. I'm very grateful for the the student. The, well, so uh, the people that were here in the supportive environment of vocations also just to say that, okay, that yes, this marriage is a good thing, but sacrificing for both of us to say that there's something better and that God is, we have to be obedient to God's call. That was, um, it's not the easy thing it required maturity sure. and required the campus ministers here to to lead us through that discernment and would you say that father dean was your main mentor during that time or who was your vocation director at the time well that year was father now bishop uh david connerland yay we so, love him yeah, he's great <laughs> for sure and okay so i want to like take me through like you're now you're ordained and your first assignments. I like to hear where you've been and kind of some of the the lessons maybe you've learned and how your priestly heart has grown during that little journey. Great. Uh, so my first assignment was at St. Teresa's in Austin, the church with the school. of a, had about 400 kids at the time. And uh, the parish had been through a little bit of turmoil um, before I arrived there with the, the pastor the uh, administrator who was newly assigned there a week before I got there was Father Raj Selvaraj, who's now over at St. Anthony's. Yeah. So okay. we're very happy to be back in town together. And uh, he's, he really helped me in that first year of priesthood uh, because I was uh, coming out of seminary. I was excited about conquering the world for Jesus. Everybody should respond to the truth, you know, just this fire and love for God and the church and and then we had to just kind of, there were some things going on where we just had to kind of be present and let the Lord lead. And uh, so I, he was a great teacher and mentor for me. I love that. We should all live by that, you know, be present and let the Lord lead. I love that phrase. That's going to be my new Father Brian phrase. I'm going to quote you on that one. <laughs> great. Well, I'm still trying to master that one. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that the, the thing that, that was probably the biggest thing of that year, uh, newly ordained uh, because yeah, coming out of the seminary, I was very idealistic and um, had all these ideas of what was going to happen and what, what I thought God might do. But there were some beautiful things that came from that year. Uh, I loved the kids and the families and I still keep up with some of the families uh, from that, that time. Uh, and there was, a, <laughs> there was a Bible study that one of the families started in their neighborhood with a bunch of other people in the neighborhood who are Mormon evangelical and, um, and searching. And from that, there's actually one couple that became Catholic and their family is still working on some of the others in the neighborhood yeah. <laughs> to invite them into the fullness of the faith. Awesome. So some beautiful things like that as well. Uh, I think the seeing the Catholic school and being part of that was also just a great joy because I had that experience growing up mm. and then seeing the the beauty of the faith and the church right next to the school and the kids coming over and uh, for mass and being able to walk through the classrooms. I was actually going to co-taught or co-coached um, the basketball team one year and uh, 
just all of those things as being part of the the Catholic school environment. I, I loved that time. And I think that uh, I learned a lot about uh, just being a priest amongst uh, the people of God and not so much uh, it always having to be about, let me teach you something about Jesus or the church, but just being um, fellow disciples together. That sounds really wonderful. So you were there, and then what was your next assignment? St. Luke's in Temple. So there I, w- I taught at Holy Trinity Catholic School. Oh, you so taught. I did. Okay. What did you teach? I had an introduction to philosophy class Ooh. to the seniors for a couple days a week. It was it was a lot of fun. Maybe and, you could do you could start that up again. Maybe one day, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um so that that assignment was it's a parish that had an amazing youth minister at the time, uh, Doug Weisbrook. He'd been there for several years. And he and I really worked well together. He had been on net and he and his wife met uh, and had done that together. So uh, just that, that experience of uh, youth ministry that was very vibrant and a, very missionary in its out, outlook. And I mean, a parish that um, also was had some of the kids in the school. Uh, a lot of great things happened in that, that parish community. There were some um, of the older folks who uh, they invited the Bible study that had been meeting for probably, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And uh, so I went out to dinner one time with them. And uh, one of them said, uh, well, Father Brian, what is it like? You're, you're here kind of a, among a bunch of older people that could all be your parents. And I said, uh, my grandparents? Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, I was, so learning to be present with um, as a young, much younger person, you know, I was uh, 31, 32 years old and being a priest there and them calling me father, even though they could be my grandparents. Uh, that was an experience that was uh, pretty profound at that time. Very cool. And I know you had um, in recently the transition from Buddha to St. Joseph. Well, from H- uh, Hutto. Oh, Hutto. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I, I went to... Um, uh, campus ministry at Texas State for a couple of years. That was an amazing experience. I went to the, I worked in the seminary for six years and formation of our new seminarians, and then our new our seminarians preparing to be priests. And then I was in Hutto for twenty months. Uh, Twelve months of that was COVID. Eight months was normal, whatever normal is. Yeah. <laughs> and then have been here for. Uh, yesterday was eleven months. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we're so glad you are. I loved your introduction when you first came to um, St. Joseph and were saying about your name is Brian and you're coming back to Brian and it was the year of St. Joseph. And I just like, I just love that. It seemed like that was all winks from God to you to say, hey, I got your back. I got your back. Well, yes. Yeah, so part of that is my middle name is Joseph. So oh. it's Father Brian Joseph at St. Joseph and Brian. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little wing from God there. He's in the year of St. Joseph, nonetheless. So, nonetheless, well, we're so thankful to have you here in the Brazos Valley. So, we're going to transition a little bit and start to talk kind of like what we're talking about off air or just kind of the the mission that you see, um, a broad stroke for St. Joseph Catholic Church going in the future, that type of evangelization, the programs like Alpha that you were talking about. Can you speak on some of that? Sure. So I think one of the the realities of the church today is that we uh, kind of assume that the the Catholic Church just needs to keep a status quo, business as usual, and uh, apostles like Red Sea Radio recognize that there has to be something more than that. And 
so there's a, a book that was recently uh, published and written and getting a lot of press. I think it's um, from Christ- Christendom to Apostolic Mission. So the whole premise is that well, we, in the Christendom mindset, uh, look at the church as a healthy institution that's a part of the fabric of society and uh, has uh, its place and it's making inroads in all, all places in society. Whereas apostolic times, we looked at ourselves as a church early on as having to be missionaries to go and to be leaven in the rest of society because we did not have a foothold. So uh, we are not in Christendom any longer. Yeah. <laughs> Because what does Christendom look like? It looks like half of the people in, uh, are going to church every Sunday. Well, in the Brazos Valley, I know that everybody thinks it's, this is the Holy Land, but the reality is, is that there's not a lot of people going to Catholic church on Sunday. So in looking at the, the five churches here, there's about 8,000 people that go to church on any given Sunday, to Catholic church, that is. And there's 250,000 people in town. So that's 3% or less of people are going to church on an even given Sunday. That is Catholic church. Certainly people go to other churches. But the reality is, is that there's the majority of people are unchurched and may have some loose spiritual connection to Christianity, but they don't know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus is not the Lord of their life. Mm-hmm. And not a, that's not judging. It's just to say that that's not the way that they're living their life. That, okay, Lord, what is my, my life about? Jesus is the center of that. So if we acknowledge that reality, then we have a basis to start on. If we don't, then it's like, well, we should just have more clubs. So I like to think of the church as in, in 50 years ago as having a bunch of clubs. And it was great because we had the uh, the ladies guild, the men's altar society, whatever uh, we had. That's Columbus. Yeah, you had all your clubs, and we would play sports together and CYO and all of those good things that provide a, a healthy community place for community because for Catholics. But there was very little outreach other than, hey, uh, maybe missionary dating, if you will, (laughs) and that somebody's getting married to somebody who's not Catholic and maybe they're becoming Catholic. But other than that, there are not a lot of people who are becoming Catholic either. Um, So if we recognize that we can can stay in this sort of club mentality where we're all we're in the Catholic club and the Baptists have the Baptist club and the Church of Christ and then the atheists or I mean – now even today you have the Satanists try to forming uh, groups. Yeah. So, we, or we can say we have this treasure of our Catholic faith, and it is our responsibility to take that to people who have never encountered the risen Lord Jesus. Mm. That's our mission. That's the mission that Jesus gave to the church. Go and make disciples. So it's not go and baptize people. It's not go and form church clubs, not go and build church buildings and we Thank God, thanks be to God we have a place now that's adequate for we for us to gather here at St. Mary's. But that's not the primary mission. It is to go and to make disciples. That is to invite people into a relationship with the living Lord Jesus Christ, proclaiming the kerygma, which is the fundamental understanding of who God is, that he's our creator, that he has sent his son Jesus to uh, save us from our sin and destruction and death, uh, and to give us his spirit so that we can live the life of Jesus within us uh, and we can follow in his way. That's the charismatic proclamation, and that's why the church exists. So we have to do that. And you look around and you're like, okay, so what does a typical church parish do to proclaim the, the gospel to people and invite them to say, yes, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life? Because that's a Catholic thing. It's not an evangelical or Protestant thing. That is a Catholic thing. So what, what are we doing? 
And so my question to my pastoral council was, let's look at what are our what is our mission and what are we doing to invite people into that? And how are we helping them to move towards becoming missionary disciples like Pope Francis says we need to be? Uh, and how are we going to help people get to that point? Um, and if the things that we're doing aren't actually helping people move around uh, to that maturity, then uh, we need to relook at what we're doing because we're not mm-hmm. accomplishing our mission. Right. So I kind of see, you know, just my personal experience of being a convert that the, you have to have that personal encounter first and then that development in the faith before that you can then go out and be that type of disciple. So there's just, that's a lot to unpack right there. So um, I feel like society obviously has done the disservice if we got on this stream of atheist, nunness, or whatever. So, so many people are not catechized. Parents are not catechized well. They don't really know the faith, so it's hard to pass on to their children. So, it's just been this tumbling down. So, we're like, okay, let's put that aside. And we're kind of almost in a way, Father, we're starting at ground zero, right? So, as, let's say, what's the first step? So, if someone is listening to us today, um, you know, what's that first step that you would take to, to really draw into the Lord? I mean, I know what I would say, but I want to hear what you would say. to If you have a desire to grow closer to the Lord right now, today, what are the some real practical steps that you can take to grow closer? Great. Well, so first of all, I would say that I, I think that there's a discomfort with life in general, and if you have that discomfort with life, there's got to be something more than this. Uh, I'm not satisfied with life. Is this all there is to life? Then, okay, maybe you're open or at least curious about who Jesus is. Mm. Because Jesus invites us into the fullness of life, into joy. And we are most alive when we are in Christ Jesus. That is, when we are living in his love, knowledge of his love, following in his way, and knowing what that is, like some confidence that, yes, I'm walking the way of the Lord. So I would say to somebody that is curious about Christianity and Catholicism, uh, Jesus has a desire for you to know him and to know his love. Uh, and so it starts with an encounter of, with the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. One of the ways that, Father, I really love to say it is that love has a face, and it's the face mm. of Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, and so many of us, as you know, I mean, we, our hearts being restless, you know, um, are seeking authentic, true love that will never fail us. Mm. And my brothers and sisters, it's found only in Jesus Christ, not in a person, not in a job, not in the world, but in him. And I love that, that love has a face. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And that restless heart then. Mm. You have made us for yourself, O oh God, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. St. Augustine of mm-hmm. Hippo. Yeah, so I, I think that, that it has to start there with, um, it, it, it can't be, um, well, I'm, I'm going to, this is the self-help version of life. So it looks like um, Jesus uh, had a, a better way of life, so I'm going to try to imitate what Jesus did without the face. So it's got to be an encounter with the person of Jesus who is other than me and who knows me and who loves me. So if it's not, I'm going to try to imitate Jesus and live the life he lived, but without his love, without the Holy Spirit, okay. <laughs> First of all, um, yes, that's great that you desire that, but but he wants to to love you. So most of all, we are made as lovers. So Um, Yeah, we want to accomplish great things. We want to do great things, solve all kinds of problems. Great. But we're made for love. 
God is a trinity of persons. Mm -hmm. So he is a communion of persons. Mm -hmm. That is a relationship. So unless we're in relationship with the one who loves us and receive that love from him, then we're, we're not starting at the right place. So I would say if, if you're longing to know that somebody really knows you and loves you, then you're going to find that in Jesus Christ. Because that's the most amazing thing about Jesus. When people encountered him, they like, how does he know me? Uh, he loves me. Like that was the thing that struck them is here's this man who looks at people with a, a knowledge of them, a perfect love for them, and they were overwhelmed with that. Mm. And then this power just came out from within him. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the power of love. So, uh, yes, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you with a great love. And so I want to just interject there too, which I think is probably where you're going, is that if you know, you're know you a listener today and you're like, gosh, I've not had this experience of Jesus, to know that, that prayer doesn't have to look a certain way. Every Everybody is a little bit different. I mean, we have so many personalities, it's going to look different. And one of the things that was really mind um, opened my mind to the fact that prayer doesn't have to look a certain way, that it can be messy. So I just encourage you, brothers and sisters, to just sit and say, okay, Lord, I'm here to let you love me. Show me you, right? Because I think it's one of the very first steps because so many people think they have to have a formula or is it, you know, you got to have a rope prayer or anything like that. Yeah. I One of my favorite prayers is, Jesus, I trust in you. So, and looking at a statue or a picture of Jesus I mean, that's why we have icons and statues is like, I need a, I, my imagination needs some help. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I am able to see it. Okay. Yes. Jesus is, is alive and he's here with me and he's loving me. So. I think it's where it starts because once you start to, that's kind of the first step is starting to cultivate that greater love and, oh my goodness, diving into his word and, and learning from him in the scriptures and in, you know, like St. Paul as well. And, and the other New Testament writers, too, that just speak so eloquently of how to live out that Christian faith is, I think, another amazing way to encounter Christ is in his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the, the, the Gospels. Um, so reading the stories, I think even um, like stained glass windows are also ways that the story of the gospel mm. was a story of Jesus was, was told uh, for uh, in previous times when people were illiterate, but they're still so beautiful and speak to us of, okay, that's the face of Jesus. That's who he is. This is the one who loves the children, who's healing the person who's blind. Um, so yes, encountering him in, in the word uh, so that I can come to know him. So there is an, an encounter and where I realize, okay, I'm ready to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm done with this life that I've been living in the past without you. I surrender to you. I realize that you're the one who loves me and who's calling me into fullness of life. And I choose you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to sit in the driver's seat and I'm going to sit in the passenger seat. And I know that I'm not going to be perfect at it, but that's what I want. Mm. I want you to lead me. I want an adventure in life where uh, I am not in charge, where you're showing me the good things that you have for me. And if I'm living with Jesus in the driver's seat, then life is an adventure because I can take things as they come as a gift from him. So the beautiful day, the just uh, being alive today, being able to study, being able to read, being able to sing, being able to feel the the breeze on the my face. All of this is a gift from the one who knows me and who loves me. 
that's a completely different way to live than walking around and like, man, it's humid out here. I don't like this. Um, I have too far to walk. Why is that person being mean? Why are the driver? I mean, you can just get into this sort of way of life where there's no joy. Yeah, Father Ryan, I I work with a dear friend that's an educational psychologist, and I think this is so important for people to understand is that our human brains and in our fallenness, our brains are wired toward the negative, that fight or flight, but it's our faith that rewire rewires us toward joy and goodness. And that's doesn't come easily. That's not a natural thing. It's natural to go negative. That's why you see so much negativity in the world. And that's why it's called a sacrifice of praise Yay! because it requires a sacrifice. One of my favorite penances to give as a, a priest is um, take the your rosary beads and use them to make a litany of thanksgiving. So a brother priest taught me this and taught us some of those priests who were on retreat. So just on each bead, say thank you to God for one thing or one person or one event. And I love to do that at the end of the day and just kind of walk through the day thanking God for each of the things, each of the people I encountered. (coughs) Excuse me. And what that does is it opens my heart to the reality that there God has been with me throughout the day and that he does love me and that he's been loving me throughout the day. Well, that's a great way to end the day to know that that's who I am as a beloved son and experience that through that Thanksgiving. Right. It's the gratitude. I, I, I can't say enough about trying to cultivate that in our personal lives. You know, I maybe challenge some of our listeners as Lent's around the co- corner. You know, sometimes it's so much sacrifice, but how about make a commitment to gratitude and increasing gratitude in your life and doing something like Father Brian just suggested. And that's a really great, like kind of an, almost an examination of conscience to begin with is all those great, that gratitude of the day. Right. That's yes. Beautiful. It was, doing that at the end of the day and um, even starting the day, just thanking God for the fact that, hey, I'm alive today. So, yes. So definitely. do we have any cool Linton things coming up? Is St. Joseph Parish or or is there, what do you do for Lent, Father? That's, I've never asked your priest, what do you do for Lent? <laughs> Only disclose what you feel free. I to hear a lot of confessions. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I do step it up a little bit on fasting. Mm. So I think I'm learning as I am a priest, I did a retreat in which I did some more extensive fasting than I would typically do for a five-day retreat. And I had realized, you know, I've been kind of wimpy on fasting uh, Mm. and not taking it very seriously, but God does great things and beautiful things in me when I fast. Amen. So, uh, and then I think that my prayer is much more focused and a powerful, as Jesus says. So some demons can only be driven out through prayer, prayer and fasting. fasting. So I would say, I would just encourage people, um, be serious about fasting. Like, hey, you you can go without eating. And we have this intermittent fasting craze today. You know what? Like, yeah, I've been there's on a, that one. <laughs> there's a spiritual reality that can be really powerful. And if you can do it for your health, physical health, how much more so, excuse me, ought we be able to do that for our own uh, spiritual right. health? Right. Yeah, I actually started that um, for my health and then kind of felt like I was cheating God if I tried to throw it to prayer because now it's so easy. It's not a sacrifice. It's my natural day. So it doesn't count. So I'm looking for other things to to fast from, too, in a way. I think gratitude and doing the litany of Thanksgiving is a sacrifice of praise. And, and that would be a great Lenten penance. Well, I'm also going to say as a, as a mother of five too, and for me personally, 
that really just unplugging and, and entering into more silence, because that is the language of God, is the silence, and um, challenge people to give up social media and television, all those things, and just have more family time and time with God. Amen, yes. Okay. Well, Father, I can't believe our time is already gone. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Can we end on your priestly blessing, please? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Wow. Thank you so much. We still have just like one minute left. So um, anything else on your heart about what's coming up, maybe for the parish? I mean, the festivals in May, things like that, the school. I mean, thanks be to God, it's going so well. We're so thankful for your leadership over there. Yeah, we've been blessed with the school. The The enrollment uh, is up about 50 students, and we're looking at probably about the same this coming year. Uh, we had a great fundraiser this last Saturday. Uh, we have a, our principal, uh, Julie Mishler, is, has been doing great things. Um, you know, it it's not perfect, but it's going in the right direction, and we have some amazing people that work there who are totally dedicated. So uh, I would say, you know, yeah, Catholic school is a, is a beautiful thing, and a lot of beautiful things happen there. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, and Godspeed uh, going into this next season of the first full year there at St. Joseph. Um, thank you for joining us today on Red Sea Roundup. And until next time, go and love your neighbor. From this Since you wait.